Hi, I'm Malcolm Hawker, and this is the CDO Matters Podcast, the show where I dig deep into the strategic insights, best practices, and practical recommendations that modern data leaders need to help their organizations become truly data-driven. Tune in for thought-provoking discussions with data, IT, and business leaders to learn about the CDO matters that are top of mind for today's chief data officers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of CDO Matters. I'm your host, Malcolm Hawker. In this episode of CDO Matters, we sit down and have a conversation with Sanjeev Mohan. Sanjeev is, like myself, an ex-analyst from Gartner uh, and is now uh, the founder and principal of Sanjmo Consulting. We meet up at the CDO IQ conference on the MIT campus in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and have have a really great conversation about the things that we are hearing at that conference, uh, trends in the data and analytics space. Uh, we even get into some discussion around data mesh and data fabrics, uh, the future of, of data and analytics, and some things that are kind of coming down the road. We talk a little bit about our, our shared uh, career pasts and where things are headed from the future. So if you are a CDO or a data and analytics leader and you're interested in understanding uh, what people are saying, out in the industry right now, uh, what's, what is current, what is topical, what's front of mind. Uh, maybe you might be interested in attending this, uh, this fantastic conference, the CDO IQ conference, uh, the next time it rolls around next summer, which, by the way, I would absolutely recommend you do. So if you're interested in hearing what others are saying in the space, uh, some of the top trends, uh, some perspectives from Sanjeev and myself, both ex-Gartner analysts, then the next 30 minutes or so are, would be a great investment of your time. So with that, let's get to the current episode of CDO Matters with Sanjeev Mohan. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everybody, and welcome to the 16th CDO IQ conference from MIT, and welcome to this episode of CDO Matters. I'm here with my good friend Sanjeev, a Hello. former fellow uh, yes. recovering analyst from, from, from Gartner, and I'm excited to talk to him today about uh, what we've been experiencing over the last three days at this fantastic conference. So, so what are some of the key trends that you've seen so far at, at the event? Anything kind of stand out as, as, as remarkable or memorable? Yeah, you know, a couple of things. So first of all, what I've noticed is that the CDO role has become really uh, one of negotiation and sales. I guess it was always like that, but the CDOs are getting much more tightly integrated with the businesses. In fact, uh, one thing that I, I keep hearing is that the CDO role is becoming like a hub and spoke. So uh, there, there is a shift away from uh, only doing compliance and mm -hmm. regulatory stuff into doing analytics. So it's all about monetizing, democratizing, getting value out of your data. So there's a huge focus. In fact, if I may add one more thing, what I've noticed is that there's a last few CDO IQs uh, where I was involved, there was a lot of focus on MDM, which is your space, right? Yep. This year, it's not about MDM. It is about, so what? What is the value? And I, I'm sure you get that all the time. So there's much more focus on how do I do better analytics? How do I improve my quality? How do I do self-service analytics rather than let's talk tech? Yep. Well, that, that's, I've seen the exact same thing. 
Uh, and, and that's really, really good news, I think, for CDOs. I think that's good news for the space. Hmm. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, when, when we were still at Gartner, they had published their recent uh, CDO survey. Mm-hmm. And that said that 25% of CDOs are responsible for digital transformation initiatives. And I think that's what you're seeing here now, which is this focus more on business outcomes. Like I'm resp- I'm the CDO and I'm responsible for customer experience mm-hmm. customer retention, or even in some cases, research and development and new solutions to meet some of those transformation goals. So yeah, exactly what you're saying, totally consistent with some of the things I've seen. Um, some of the other things that I've seen, which are, which are interesting, uh, is this notion of, of, of product management uh, in, in the data management space, mm-hmm. the application of you know, data products. Right. Um, I, I think I think we can thank the data mesh a little bit <laughs> yeah. uh, for this because that's kind of a, a core tenant there. But I think it goes a little bit farther than that, mm-hmm. which is the application of kind of product management as a discipline into the data space. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you were going to be making a widget, you know, what would the market need be? What would the market size be? How how much would people be willing to pay for that widget? How would it function and all of those things? So at a high level, I think that's a, that's a really good trend is this trend towards kind of product management in the data management space. Hmm. Um, so that's certainly one of the one of the trends that I've uh, I've been seeing. So um, just for the viewers, uh, you might have seen me now. This is my third day in a row. I'm doing like some sort of recording, and actually the joke is that between Scott Taylor, aka the Data Whisperer, Malcolm, and I. We've met, we've done all permutations, combinations. Uh, Scott was on my previous independence podcast. But why I'm bringing this up is because yesterday uh, I I was on Malcolm and Scott's uh, podcast, uh, LinkedIn Life, and I was explaining how uh, data as a product has become so important. Uh, where we are thinking of, of data uh, Physically, it may be the same thing as before. There's no, no difference. But logically, when we think data as a product, then we think of its entire life cycle. How was it produced? Uh, after it's consumed, uh, how do you uh, destroy data that you don't need anymore? So bringing that people and process discipline is what makes data as a product different from the way we have produced data previously. Because physically, it could be the same Thing. It could be a table, a schema, uh, or some sort of like an API call or a SQL uh, with a notebook. Yeah, I, I love I love the idea of like let's come up with a sunset strategy for our data instead of archival. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Like I, I yeah. like I, I like that. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, well, are we going to sunset the data? Right. Like sunsetting a product. So this notion of product lifecycle, uh, I, I love that. Yeah. Uh, and there's so many things from a product management perspective to like. I guess where there's a little bit of a twist is that if I was building a product from scratch, I would go and source the raw materials from a whole bunch of places. And I think in the data world, you're kind of given your materials. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I was in a session yesterday, kind of the joke I said, it was like, you know, those team building exercises where they give you like a toilet paper roll and some, some pasta and some duct tape and paper clips and you have to go make something. Yeah, out of that, uh, I, I see a little bit of a metaphor there in our world where there's like data. There's this set basket of data, and it's like, okay, now go go make something to to fill a need. Yeah. So I, I still think it's a valid approach. That's that's certainly one of the uh, one of the trends. Um, what about some of the people uh, that, that you've had a chance to interact with and and meet? What, what are yeah. some of the things that stand out? To me, that is the the highlight of this conference. I agree. It's a networking yeah. because these are the people here 
are the CDOs, CDAOs, but these are the senior level decision makers with decades of experience, uh, you know, under their sleeves and just learning from them, you know, yeah. how, what challenges they face. Uh, uh, in fact, uh, to be very honest, sitting in a session to me has a very high opportunity cost because you you can always watch the sessions recorded, yeah. Yeah. but the interactions that you have in the hallway are just outstanding. I mean, uh, and uh, I, I don't think uh, even the organizers have seen this kind of of uh, networking even before pandemic when they used to meet. So this is a very big event. Over 2,000 people have registered here. Uh, some people didn't show up at the last minute because of uh, because of COVID-19 uh, uh, reasons. But um, but what about you? What have you seen? I, I I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, often uh, we go to these events, and it's and it's the the you know, it's the event for farmers, <laughs> right? And yeah. and then when you go, and only 20% of the people are actually farmers. Hmm. And in this case, it's the event for CDOs, and there are many, many, many CDOs here in, in, in title and in role, and, and I think that makes it uh, fair, fairly unique. Uh, so certainly, if I was a newer CDO or even a well-established CDO, uh, this is the event that I would want to come to. Mm -hmm. There's a couple interesting twists here. Uh, there's the usual kind of you know conference type experience, right? Where you you know there, there's vendors, of course, because they're paying for the food, and right. thank you vendors for the food. Um, and there's a price tag to that, which means you need to kind of walk through the vendor hall to get to the, the presentations. That, that's normal stuff. And, and that's okay. But one of the really cool twists here uh, is this connection into academia that, that I didn't really even know, knew until this event even existed, right? Like I'm going to these presentations from MIT professors who are talking about data quality, talking about entity resolution, talking about quantum computing. Went to a session yesterday about that that was just fascinating. Um, so that's an interesting angle here that, that, that I've been finding really refreshing is, is, this, yeah. is, is this angle of, of, of academia that I wasn't familiar with before. Actually, that reminds me this morning, I was getting coffee uh, from the uh, cafe in, in the, on the exhibit hall, and I started talking to uh, a professor. His name is Dale Morgan. In 1993, he started the first MIT class on data. Before that, there was no class that had the uh, title data. And he was on his way to teach the 85th session of data and models. That is the name of his class. Uh, he's from Trinidad. And it was just fascinating that, and he was talking about Mark Zuckerberg uh, and how when uh, Mark Zuckerberg was in Cambridge and was starting Facebook and right. how he had advised him and told him, by the way, it's not a good idea. Don't do it. You know? <laughs> and I was telling him it was like a FedEx case. You know, the guy who did FedEx, you know, you got a C yeah. in his project and uh, turned out to be the right decision. Yeah, I, I, I've, I just sat in a session from, from Tom Davenport. Uh, who's well known in the space of, of, of data management and MDM and, and, and a session about AI and listing all the books that he had written, all these this long, long list of books. So it, it's, been, it's just been really been eye-opening. I would absolutely recommend this for, for any CDO who wants to build their network, who wants to, to learn more about, I mean, the practice of, of, of being a CDO. Um, certainly uh, uh, well worth the uh, well worth the time here to, to come. Just a quick, quick disclaimer here. Obviously, we, we are in a common area. 
so there, there, there's noise behind him. It's, we're kind of crashing in one of the undergraduate lounges here mm-hmm. in the computer science and AI uh, uh, building. Yeah, yeah. The, the laboratory at, at MIT, yeah. which, which is a, a unique twist as well. So that's, that's been kind of cool. We're interacting directly with, with, with students. Uh, took an interesting forum yesterday where apparently they, uh, they, they ran out of lunches because there was a, a run from the MIT students on, on the food. Uh, they couldn't quite, you know, protect all of the, <laughs> the food from the, uh, from the MIT students, but, but I can't certainly blame them. If so I was, the, the, yeah. the funniest thing was uh, later in the evening, uh, some prospect students came by uh, with their moms and they tried to get the freebie swags. Yeah, you know, pens, pads, stickers, you know, and and the vendors' yeah. booths were like, sorry, only only for people with these badges, you know. So so by now, people had realized that right. uh, a lot of right. these people, and it was so interesting because the moms were like so keen on, you know, uh, getting some of the stuff, like yeah. things that we take for granted in all these conferences, like yeah. socks and t-shirts. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, so. what, do, what do you think about some of the vendors, right? Have you, have you noticed anything interesting in terms of the vendors that are participating here? You know, uh, for me, no. Uh, and the reason I say that is because uh, I have seen some of the same vendors now in uh, half a dozen different conferences. So for me, you know, this is a very different conference compared to Snowflake Summit, over 10,000 people in Las Vegas. And then Databricks Summit, MongoDB, and so many other summits. So, so I, I, I'm seeing the same vendors. Uh, so they, for them, it's, it's the same thing, you right. know, uh, just a different venue. Right. What about you? Well, I'm, I'm kind of struck by how many vendors are here who are focused on, uh, I, I suspect what Gartner would have called uh, metadata management. Um, or roughly kind of the data governance space, but really focused on uh, profiling, discovering, cataloging. I'm really struck that at least half of the vendors here are really focused on that. A lot of smaller providers that I had not heard of before. Uh, to me, this is this is suggestive of you know more of a push towards you know the data catalog as a as a foundation mm-hmm. of you know a data management stack. You and I have always known that, right? It's been something that we covered at Gartner, but the vendor focus on, on cataloging function, uh, I, I think is, is interesting. And I, and I think to a certain degree may be a little bit of a reaction to focus on data fabrics, uh, potentially a focus on, on, on metadata management, and maybe even a focus on this broader notion of more of a kind of a, what Gartner is calling a data and analytics governance platform with all mm. these kind of pieces fit together. But at the, at the foundation of that is, is, is catalog. So there's a lot of vendors here that are doing that. I've, I've had a, an interesting uh, experience going vendor to vendor and asking like for an elevator pitch. Like it, it's yeah. kind of something that I do at, the, at these events. Um, mm. and, and can you articulate value of mm. your solution in, in 30 seconds? Mm. It's really startling how few can, <laughs> yeah. Right, like, like yeah. If, if you can't, if I'm a CDO, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a busy person, and I want to know what value you bring. You can't really articulate that in thirty seconds or less. I think you're hmm. gonna have a, you're gonna have a challenge. So I, I found that to be an interesting, interesting thing of really kind of pushing the vendors to see, yes. okay, what do you do that's right. unique? Right. See, this is a very interesting. You mentioned that because uh, I'm a uh, uh, people who follow me. They know I like to understand how things are done. Uh, or at the surface level, I feel 
most technologies look identical uh, in a category like data catalogs okay you're a data, data catalog you're a data catalog and you're a data catalog when you start peeling the onion you realize oh my god you 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 are focused on this you do this and you do that so so i find that uh, at this conference maybe you know the cdos and uh, the c level suite are at such high level that a lot of stuff starts from let me tell you what is data governance and i'm like i don't want to hear that right i didn't come all the way here to get one on one on a topic i want to go deeper and and i don't find that uh, in 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 a conference like this right. it's a very um, high level you know but it's also uh, very much focused on people and process that is the role of a cdo yeah i'm more focused on the technology part uh, which uh, you know i get when i talk to people one on one yeah so so like the elevator pitch sometimes i'm like okay uh, i hear your elevator pitch like i talk to security company and they say we do all of this i'm like well, so do others but why are you different and how do you do it and actually they had a hard time explaining to me that difference because because at this uh, the vendors have sent their sales people or the sales executives and and they don't know deep down how their technology is unique yeah well that, that's problematic yeah. um you need to know how you you are unique as a vendor or if i'm a cdo i need to understand what makes you unique why should i why should i give you money i think there's a there's a metaphor or at least an analog here into data storytelling mm-hmm. as well right tell me the story of how your solution helps me um as i need to be able to tell the story of how yes. the data that i provide helps yeah. you and you know it's easy for technology people like me or us to say well we don't sell we're not sales people right yeah. I, i would make out maybe a horrible sales person I, i don't know i've never tried because i've i've always thought that sales was somebody else's job mm-hmm. uh, but at, at the heart uh, this is something i've been hearing in a lot of presentations here and, and it's consistent with what we've been hearing for years now is this notion of data storytelling and being able to tell a data story yeah. and how does data drive outcomes how does data uh, support business processes and mm-hmm. and i just find it ironic that the vendors who are supposed to be supporting these clients these customers these companies can't tell their own data stories so yeah. i think we need to do a little bit of I, work and yeah i cannot agree more with you i this is my pet peeve and if any of the vendors are listening to this yeah. then don't start by telling me what you have you know in fact uh, i almost on a daily basis you know a vendor will walk me through the pitch and i'm like literally trying to parse and understand what is it that makes them unique so i'm i'm like you know asking questions taking down taking notes and then we reach the very end now we're reaching uh, end of our slot and they say oh let me tell you this client pfizer did this with our product and like aha now i understand what your product does why didn't you start with that you did this bottom up like discovery me discovering what you do and trying to connect the dots when you could have just told me this is how our products are used now let me tell you you know what's the next layer of detail uh, and what we built yeah so we can transition a little bit i i would i would love to you know since we're we're both ex gardener um i i would love to better understand what what drove your 
transition and, and where you see, you know, Sanjeev 2.0, 3.0, uh, 4.0. Yes. 4. Oh, I'd, I'd, wow. I'd, I'd love to understand yeah. what, what you kind of envision for right. how, how you're going to help um, CDOs and other right. daily leaders oh. in the space. Amazing question, by the way. I'm getting this question every day. This week uh, of uh, the uh, middle of July is one year anniversary since I left uh, left Gartner. So now my first year uh, unexpectedly turned out to be very busy and very meaningful. So thank you. So I, because when I took the plunge, I had no idea what lay ahead. I, you know, and now people are asking me, so are you going to hire more people? Are you going to build a company? And can we come help you? So this is a, I literally on daily basis, people are asking me, what is your long-term strategy? One year from now, two years from now. And I'm going on camera by saying, I don't have one. <laughs> I am. Yeah. I'm being very honest. I'm living in the moment. And I didn't start, uh, I didn't become independent thinking that, you know, I'll be doing all of these amazing things. Uh, so organically things happen, they happen. But, uh, I, you know, uh, and some people have actually given me a lot of grief. These are my well-wishers. And they're telling me that we are, we are afraid for you. We want, we, you don't have a strategy. We, you know, tell us what you'll do a, a year or two from now. Uh, and I know I should have one, maybe. Uh, and by the way, I get a lot of unsolicited advice. So I have no doubts of people telling me what I should do. But then there's... It's, a, it's coming. Yeah. Uh, okay, good. <laughs> okay, yes, I do want to hear you. But, okay. but, I, but I, I just want, yeah. want people to know that that I feel that, uh, that we are living in such a dynamic space. That I'd see my clients with strategies that they keep throwing out and coming up with new strategies. So maybe it's not a bad thing to not have a strategy. Uh, so I, I did both schools of thought, uh, you know, so I'm still deciding. There's nothing wrong with living in the moment. How else are we supposed <laughs> to live, right? Like yes, I, yeah. I, 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 I love that. You used the word earlier this morning when we were having coffee downstairs, serendipity. Yes. And, and I think there's, there's certainly something to be said there. Um, in my case, uh, I'm just over three months uh, uh, after my Gartner experience, which, which was a wonderful experience. Great company. Fantastic company, fantastic people, really, really smart people. Uh, Gartner adds a ton of value in the market. Um, but there's something that, that to me, uh, that, yeah, there was some blocking and tackling that helped my, my transition. Obviously, I got a great offer and a great opportunity. But there was, while I was at Gartner, after I was there about a year, a year and a half, I, I kept noticing a recurring theme. Mm -hmm. And that, that theme was is that, you know, I was writing research and you were writing research. We were all writing research. It was fantastic, fact-based, quantifiable stuff about best practices. You know, do A, do B, do C, do, do these things and you will succeed, mm -hmm. right? We, we had survey after survey that, that, that backs it up. And I would be advising my clients these things, A, yeah. B, C. And then I would get on the call with them in another three, four, five months and, and they hadn't done it. And, and I took a really hard look at my messaging and, and the way that I was delivering the message. And, and I was like, okay, what's wrong here? Something is a little broken. Is, is, it, is it me? Um, am I just checking a box to, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and they're just going and doing their own thing anyway? I, I didn't come up with all those answers. But the one thing I, I realized was that from the perspective of helping CDOs and helping data leaders, helping CIOs, from my perspective, at the very least, I think there's a better way. Yeah, I don't know what that way 
is yet. I'm, I'm going to allow serendipity to, to, yeah. help, to help guide me. Yeah. Um, uh, I, so I don't know what that, that the better way is, but I know that there has to be one because, you know, yesterday I was in a session uh, hosted by Joe Caserta, super smart guy. I've been in the space a long time where he showed this slide uh, that, that was basically a stat, list of stats of how we as a community are, are kind of failing, right? How, how data management is still needing a lot of, uh, of help. And we did a lot of research at Gartner that was saying the same thing in yeah. terms of the state of data governance and you know, how often uh, data leaders really understand the value of data. Are we treating data as an asset? All these things. And, and we continue to really kind of struggle here. So I'm passionate. I'm, I'm really passionate about helping equip data leaders with the information that they need in the way that is most effective for them mm -hmm. to receive it. I happen to think that these podcasts are a great tool yeah. for that. And, and LinkedIn's true. a great tool for that. And there are other tools um, that I have greater access to now than I did before. So, so I'm excited to having a conversation in another two to three years. And, and, and hopefully some of those stats about the yeah. state of data management start to get a little bit better. Yeah. So uh, to on the similar lines, what I'm helping uh, how I'm approaching the data management issues is, is my, my goal in life is to demystify, uh, create some sort of like hierarchies, taxonomies. Of how, how do you consume these technologies? How do you understand the space? That is my number one goal is in you pick a category or a space or a capability and there's just so many products in that. So how do you take a step back and say there is some sort of a flow chart? If you want to do this, then here are some companies. Decision tree. Yeah, decision tree. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. So that is what I'm, I'm trying to understand constantly, create a point of view and, and demystify. Uh, so people say, ah, and now I understand uh, because the language we use, like you talk about data storytelling. Yeah. The language we use is very hard for business people to understand. It is. Yeah, it is a great example. I, we, Scott and I had an interesting back and forth, the dialogue, Scott Taylor, the data whisperer. I had a dialogue about data literacy yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I, I happen to think that that phrase itself, data literacy, is, is a little bit condescending, mm -hmm. um, I, I, I think. Yes. I, I think, be, yeah. because it, it seems to infer, because the opposite of that is illiteracy. <laughs> Right. And, yeah. and, and you're, you're, you're basically, you know, we're basically telling the business, well, you just don't understand the data. And uh, it, it's fascinating. I was in this, in this session yesterday where I thought that I'd asked the world's greatest question uh, to Joe Caserta. I, I said, you know, if data and analytics leaders were more business literate, would we be asking business leaders to be more data literate? Yeah. Right. I, I thought it was like a mic drop. I, yeah. I thought like, yeah. like I just asked, asked the, the, the bottom right. of the question. And then he turned it around. And, and this is what makes him a brilliant consultant, uh, is, is he said, well, you may want to think of data literacy this way. And, and what he said was, mm -hmm. is that if you walk outside and you want to know the temperature, you can open your phone and then you can look at, the you can look at the, your phone and you can see the temperature. Mm -hmm. And you know that 95 means a lot and, and 35 means less. And you know that there's a scale there. Yeah. And, and you inherently know that, how that scale works and the functions of that scale. I was like, oh. It's a brilliant metaphor, yeah. right? Like that, that right there is how we need to be telling stories. That is how we need to explain the importance of data literacy instead of staying, saying, I have a data literacy program and you business folks are, are coming along for the ride because you're, 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 you know, you're flirting with illiteracy. Hmm. Instead, 
I, I don't know all the magic answers here yet, but I do know that that one example of, you know, we know how thermostats work inherently yeah. is a fantastic metaphor. We need to be focused more on those, those metaphors focused more on those kind of real world, world kind of applications of, of, right. of these best practices that mean something to business leaders. Yeah. Uh, like there is no such thing as finance, finance literacy. Right. Uh, <clears throat> like uh, in our company today, you want to make sure everyone is has manufacturing literacy, supply chain, supply chain literacy. literacy. Yeah. You know, what I'm right. saying there's no such thing. Why is so? I I think we treat data with kid gloves. Right. You know, we can. You know, uh, anyone can be a CDO. In my opinion, like if you are a smart leader with with good thinking, but more important, like you speak well, you could be the CDO. But would you just make anyone the CFO of a company? I don't think so. You know. Right. Yeah. So I, I think we treat data like it's like a football, you know, it just bounces it around. You know, so. <laughs> I, well, it's another thing that I heard, a common recurring theme that I've heard. Um, I first heard it in this, this panel of CDOs. So there was the uh, CDO of, of Scotiabank, there's a CDO of, uh, of Best Buy, Craig Brabeck, who, who, who used the term evangelytics. I love that because I think we should all be evangelists about analytics, yeah. evangelists about data. Uh, so I love that term, but uh, CDO of, of State Farm uh, and others. And there was a common theme that came out of that panel discussion that I heard echoed in others, which was this notion of be humble, hmm. right? As, as CDOs, it's okay to be humble. Yes. And I think it's it's okay to acknowledge past failures and, and maybe we focus too much on how things work yeah. instead of the benefit that they drive. And, and maybe we focus too much on, on, you know, uh, potentially, uh, not, not being sensitive enough in, in, in terms of how data is used or the whole data literacy thing. So this notion of humility, I, I, I found to be a rather powerful one, uh, because I think that's the best way mm -hmm. to, to, to get people to open doors. And that's a big role of the CDO is to go out and network and sit down with everybody and understand and empathize with yeah. what's not working and, 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 and be passionate about helping to, to provide some solutions to that. So that was when it was really refreshing to hear these professionals who are making a lot of money, were very, very successful, talk about how important it is to be humble in their yeah. role. I completely agree with humble. I have a question yeah. for you. So if we are evangelists. Yes. Then could we all be part of something called like the Church of Modern Data Saints? <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. It's funny when I was re recruited for my role into prophecy. It was originally the job was posted as MDM evangelist, uh, and I saw that and I was like, okay, I get it, right? I, I understand the, the role, uh, and that's that's a very very useful and can be powerful word. But I, I kind of shied away from it a little bit at the beginning because of the religious overtones. But from the pure definition of evangelist, I think it's okay, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm out there, I'm a spokesperson for the value of data. I'm a spokesperson for how transformative data analytics can be. And I think we all need to be that. Yeah. We're doing that right now. Yeah. Right? We're all yeah, doing yeah. that right now. Huh. So so does that make me an evangelist? I, I, yes. Does it make me a salesperson? Yes, it does. Um, and those things are okay. Those things, yeah. are, those things are important. Um, so... Maybe my last question to you, um, looks like we came up, maybe up upon lunch or something here. It's getting a little louder. Um, where do you see things going? Where, where, where are things going? 
right? From, yeah. from a data analytics space, from a CDO perspective, what's the future look like? I think it's going to get more complicated because we are now embracing the hybrid multi-cloud space. Uh, in fact, some people are not even calling it multi-cloud, they're calling it super cloud. You know? Super cloud. Yeah, Ooh. so super cloud is a new term that um, my friend Dave Vellante uh, and John Furrier have come up with. Uh, from the queue. So, uh, but whatever we call it, the, the, the thing is that, that cloud has made uh, starting a new company so easy and cheap that, that there is a, uh, a profusion of uh, brilliant minds. Uh, in fact, uh, the funny thing that's happened is that in the last two years of, of the pandemic, people have sat at home and they built stuff. Some of, some of these people have built stuff on the site. So they're working for a company, uh, trying to solve a problem, and then they come up with this, this new technology. And they say, wait, why am I working for this company when I can start my own company? VCs have been very open with their uh, purse strings. So they've opened up their, uh, their wallets and funded these companies. So I, th- I feel that in every category, there are dozens and dozens of companies that have come up, st- some startups, some established, and uh, and we are going to see this best of breed unbundling uh, going on for quite some time before people give up and say, no, let's just integrate and bundle things because we just don't have enough bandwidth time in the day to try to understand these uh, technologies. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, uh, analysts, Companies, firms are going to be very busy because yep. there's a lot of uh, education that needs to be done. Yeah, I certainly see the growth of startups in the space. Most certainly, there's a bunch in the in the exhibit yeah. hall downstairs. Uh, certainly seeing that. So I'm, I'm seeing this this kind of push towards more integrated solutions. Uh, you know, what maybe call a data analytics governance yeah. platform. I'm certainly seeing that. Um, writ large, from my perspective, in in the data space, it's all about scale. Right, uh, the digital transformation has is is just is blowing up the amount of data we've had, and we keep saying this, but it's always true. There's more data than there ever has been before, and in that data, there's more insights than there ever has been before. Um, and we need tools to drive scale, right? We need processes to drive scale. We and the best way to do that is through automation, yeah. right? And and it's not automation for the sake of automating people. It's, it's automation to keep pace with the amount of data that's out there and to keep pace with the insights that the business needs to stay competitive, right? So we've learned this coming out of the pandemic, you know, the ability to pivot fast matters, yeah. the, the ability to, to, to manage disruptions matters. My goodness, right now, if there's nothing, this whole world is typified by disruptions, whether it's war or, or it's material shortages or, or pandemics. So the ability to recover from these things and the ability to keep pace mm-hmm. uh, is clearly a function of having a solid, well-managed, well-governed data estate at scale. Yeah. And that scale will be enabled by the cloud. Mm-hmm. Most certainly cloud is now, I would call it table stakes. You've, you've got to be there. Absolutely. Um, but you're there to enable the scale and, yeah. and to enable the automation. So there is AI. There's ML, most certainly. These are not just kind of buzzwords, but machine learning is being heavily applied in data management today, yeah. uh, and it will continue to be. So the augmentation of traditional processes, whether data quality, data integration, MDM, those things will most certainly uh, uh, continue more and more automation to yeah. keep pace with the change. Maybe five years, seven years down the road, I'm excited about 
distributed ledger technology? Yes. I'm excited about yeah. blockchain. blockchain. Yes, I said it. Quantum. Uh, I, quantum. My goodness. Yes. Uh, computers that don't run on zero and one, that run on probabilities of, of, of a zero and one, which is just, just it, it's, yeah. it's a mind blower to me. Uh, most certainly that that will play a role uh, in, in helping to process extremely large sums mm -hmm. of data, uh, and volumes of data, uh, led primarily, I believe, by financial services, where applying quantum models into financial services will give, you know, the ability to arbitrage, trade. The list is long. I think financial services will drive quantum, but it's there and it's real. So it's an exciting time to be yeah. data management. It's an exciting time to be here. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of CDO Matters. Thank you so much. And I, it depends. Yes, and it depends. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone. Uh, such a pleasure once again to talk to you. Thanks all. See you. Bye.